It's going to be different again today. I want to say that every week. We don't know what God's going to do today. We're just going to be here and let him do what he wants to do. So I'm going to preach first today again, and we're going to finish up the give thanks. God is good. How many of you are through all of your Thanksgiving leftovers? <laughs> don't we always cook too much and then you have to eat on it for a while? I'm done with ours. I mean, we still have some, but I'm not eating anymore. And I think by tomorrow, you're supposed to actually pitch them. I think that's what I heard on the radio. So if you, if you have some left, tomorrow's your last day. You got to get rid of it, all right? But I know it's been a busy week for people. I know it's a, a holiday weekend, and it's been a tiring week. But I want us to be careful not to come into church today and give God our leftovers. Because after a week like we've had, and I know people have hosted and you've had people over and you can walk in here and just feel like, ah, I can just sit here and just chill out and do nothing. But we don't want to give God what's left like, oh, I'm so tired. I'm just, I'm just here, God. Just give me a week off from worshiping you. Okay, we don't want to do that. So we talked about last week and give thanks that God is good. And we, and we, if you remember the service, I don't know how you couldn't, but we talked about how we give God thanks through our testimony last week. We had several people that came up and shared about the goodness of God in their life. And this week we're going to look at how our praise and our worship is another way that we can give thanks to God. So I wanted to go ahead and preach again first, talking about praise and worship in preparation for our praise and worship part of our service so we get our hearts where they need to be and our minds where they need to be. So we're going to talk about that this morning as we finish this little two-week series up. We are to praise the Lord with everything within us. I mean, we say that, but do you understand? I mean, that's saying we praise the Lord with everything within us. That's a big sentence to say. And we're to praise him with our minds and our hearts and our mouths and our actions. And it talks about that in Mark chapter 12. And praise involves the use of all we have, everything I have for God's glory. Not just when they play some music in the church, but everything about me is an offering back to him as praise. My actions at my job, which is here. But everything about, everything about my week should be a praise and a thanks to him, an offering to him. And with everything that is within us, we should be praising the Lord. We're going to start in Psalm 86, 12 this morning. Can you guys give me a shout on three? One, two, three. Okay. It's just harder to preach first. I don't know why. I have the job of waking you up first, so thanks, lovely wife. who has decorated our house like it's the North Pole. <laughs> I don't know what, yes, it is. Psalm 86, 12. And I'm reading from New Living Translation, which I often do, but 86, 12. With all my heart, I will praise you, O Lord my God. I will give glory to your name forever. Do we understand this morning the power of our praise? That sometimes when you go through some things in life, praise and worship is all you can do in those moments. Like all I can do is just lift my hands and worship and praise and that's, that's about as much as I got right now, God, because I'm going through some stuff, I'm dealing with some stuff. 
But sometimes that's all we can do, and that's a, that's a good place to be because you realize how dependent on God you are. And then in Ephesians 3, I'll let you flip over there. Ephesians 3, verses 20 and 21 Ephesians 3, verses 20 and 21. Now all glory to God, who is able, through his mighty power to work within us, at work within us, to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Anybody ever been a part of that? That God's done infinitely more than you can ask or think? Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever Amen. Now, most of you guys have heard the story of our son Jackson. He's right over there. Throw your hand up, son. Throw it up like you just don't care. (laughs) That's my son. Um, And you guys know that he was born with a heart defect. Half of his heart didn't develop. All that stuff. Had surgeries. Um, We didn't know if he was going to live or not when he was born. We had questions, we had emotions, we had anger, we had doubt, we had fear. We had all these things going on and we were upset. And the first thing you ask when you go through things in life, because we're human, I'm a Christian, you're a Christian, if you've accepted Jesus into your life, is, is we say this, how could this be happening? Anybody been there? I'll be the only honest one if I have to be. But how could this be happening? But, but we came to a point where we knew, and I've went into details about all the story and, and, and things like that, so I don't want to hang on it too long, but we knew the only way we were going to get through all of it was to turn our minds and our hearts towards God. In the moment of difficulty, in the moment of struggle, in the moment of questioning, we had to turn our hearts and our minds toward God. We had to pray, but we also had to worship and praise the one true God. We had to focus in on him. But you know what else? In those moments of life when when things like this happen and you get overwhelmed, it's hard to pray in those times. (laughs) And and one of the things about me is I will be real with you guys. And I will tell you, I will be brutally honest, it was hard to pray during that time. Because you don't understand. It was also hard to worship and praise in those moments. Because in your mind... Why, God, who just came into the world, why this, why now, I just can't pray. I just can't praise right now. And that's where we go sometimes in our mind. But you have to understand that we are to give praise and thanksgiving and talk to God in all things. In all things. And in those difficult times, sometimes it feels like when you're going through something like that and your heart is troubled and your mind's racing and all these things are going on, you actually can feel like you're paralyzed. Like, I can't even do life right now because I can't get over what's happening. Anybody been there? But it's also in the moments, those moments that we truly have to learn the power of our praise. And we, and we have... Sarah and I had to learn to magnify God in the midst of the pain. 
And that's difficult at times. It's difficult. But it's important to praise him anyway while you're in the middle of whatever it is. Now, you know, for us, that was that. There's been other things in our marriage and in our life, but for you, it's something, it could be something else. Everybody in here has a different story. Everybody in here has different hurts. Everybody in here has different pains. We all go through things. We all struggle with things, but it's important that we praise him anyway while we're in the middle of it. It's important to keep diving into the word of God to remind yourself about who God is and what he's capable of. And it's important that we cling to those promises that are found in the word of God. And if, if we forget, you know, in that moment, I forgot. If we forget how to praise and how to worship, we need to start over and let God show us again who he is. What it means to praise him right in the middle of whatever storm you're facing. And, and here's what happens as we do that. The more we praise God, the more I lift up his name, the more I magnify him, the more I study his word, the more I do those things, my belief in him grows stronger and stronger. So what does that do for me in the midst of a battle? Well, that makes that battle a lot smaller and makes my God a lot bigger. And the stronger belief leads you to know that he is capable of all things and he is not limited in anything. We serve a God that is not limited at all. I've seen things in my life I can't even explain to you how they happened except it was him. It was, it was God. I've seen it. And as we give praise, we know that God is compassionate towards us and he wraps his arms around us and he holds us in those moments of fear, in those moments of the unknown. And the more we praise God during difficult times, the more we get to experience fellowship with him. That's another reason why in the middle of whatever you're going through, if you'll praise him, you get to fellowship with him. And what better person to fellowship with and be overwhelmed by the presence of our almighty God right in the midst of something. He brings wholeness to us. He brings hope to us. He brings strength and he brings power to our souls in the middle of those things. And we find this wholeness in our spirit, man, as we praise him. And, and praise fully establishes the reign of God in our lives. We surrender and we say, Lord, the battle is yours. The victory is yours. My life is yours. Thank you for all that you're doing for me. Thank you for the things that I don't even recognize that you're doing for me. Thank you for the things that you're going to do in the future for me. I put all the focus on him and we praise and we let him take his rightful place on the throne and we sing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And we're locked in on who he is. And it's not that we forget about the problem. We're just reminded of a great God that we serve. And we're giving thanks for all he's done and all he's going to do. And when we praise, our fear gives way to our faith in God and his rule over our circumstances. Man, I've been paralyzed by fear before. Paralyzed. But the more I focus in on God and my faith in him, I understand that he can handle any circumstance that comes my way. And praise puts God exactly where he needs to be. He reigns above it all. All of it. Whatever you're facing today, he reigns above it all. And it reinforces the truth of who God is in us. That he's the one that makes us whole and he's, he alone is the one who walks us through these dark valleys of life that we go through. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. He is the source of all good things. And so I read again Ephesians 3, 20, 21. It says, now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us 
to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. Have you ever been in a moment where you were unable to hold back your praise? Because <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure I want to answer that. I mean, you just felt something inside of you. You felt God's presence. You felt the Holy Spirit on you that you were just overwhelmed and you couldn't hold it back. And you didn't care who knew about it. There's probably very few. <laughs> I mean... We sing a song that has that in it. I think we did it not too long ago. I, I can't hold back my praise. I got to let it out. Now, I've told Carlin since I started that I envision all of Orchardville Church from this side to this side, from down here to up there, worshiping as if we don't care who, who sees us and we don't care who's in the room and we don't care what it looks like. All over. I see that, that we're unable to hold back our praise because we as a church got a hold of who God is as a whole body, and we understand the power that God has in our lives and, and, and how he can operate when a church comes together and praises him and worships him. And the scriptures tell us that our lips reveal what we treasure in our hearts, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And for out of the overflow or the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Ultimately, we cannot separate what we say and do from what we think and believe deep inside of us. Whatever you think, whatever you believe deep inside of you will come out. Whatever's stored up in here is going to come out, good or bad. If we truly believe in God's love and his goodness, that belief will spill over into what we say about him or, or in how we praise him. I won't be able to hold it back. If I, if I grab a hold of everything in the word and I believe it and I live it and I, and I know who God is, then it's going to come out. The alternative to that is if I don't understand who God is, if I don't walk in his ways, then that will also come out or not come out. And I may just be caught kind of gazing around because I don't understand who God is. How do I understand who God is? I read my word. If I don't read my word, I don't understand who God is. Therefore, I'm, it's hard for me to praise because I don't have that relationship with him. Does that make sense? No matter what our circumstances, we won't be able to hold back our praise do we truly believe that God is the almighty king of the universe and the Lord of our lives? The depths and the fervor and the energy and the enthusiasm of our praise to God, both with our lips and our lives, is directly proportional to our belief in him. Who we believe him to be, his goodness, his greatness. And if we have a hold of who he is and what he's done in here and in here, then it's going to show from here and here, I'm going to give you thanks. I'm going to give you praise. I'm going to give you worship because I know what you've done for me. I know 
And I've said this time and time again, if God did nothing else for me, he saved my soul from eternity in hell. I can stand up here every week and thank him for that. If he never did another thing for me, he saved me. I get to enjoy eternity in heaven with him. That's worth praising him. That's worth worshiping. And I think we forget that sometimes. The biggest thing that he's done for us is the easiest thing to give praise for, and yet we sometimes forget to do it. Believing and praising, they build on each other. The more deeply and strongly I believe, the greater and deeper I praise. The more we praise the Lord, the more we're going to behold his glory and see his hand continually working in our lives, which will lead us to believe in him more and more. Um, and this is really put to the test. I've, I've failed. Here's me being real again. I've failed at times when I've had a test in my life. I've had a battle in my life. I've failed. I failed when I've had those times come up to recognize who God was in that moment and to give him praise anyway. When these times come in life, they test your faith and belief in God. Is God truly a God of love? Is, is he a God of healing? Is he a God that, that's really faithful to me? Is, is he concerned about my safety and my family and my friends? Is he concerned about all of this? But here's what I have to tell myself in those moments. Faith. I choose to believe that God is who he says he is. That's the bottom line. He is who he says he is. That he's faithful. That he does care for me. Yes, I'm in the middle of something really difficult right now, but I know God cares for me because his word tells me so. He does bring healing. How many can testify to that? He brings healing. So because I believe that and I believe in him, I choose to praise him even if I'm going through something. I praise him in advance before the problem even gets solved. God, I don't know how you're going to do this, but I know you're going to. So I'm going to praise you anyway. I know this is, this is one of the most difficult things in my life that is crushing me, but God, I'm going to praise you anyway. Because you make a way where there seems to be no way. And I believe what I read in your word. I believe. So I'm going to praise you. And as I praise him, I'm reinforcing my belief in him. You know how easy it is sometimes when we go through things to forget about God? <laughs> like, man, this is tough. And we, and we talk so much about the problem, well, we don't talk about the problem solver. <laughs> like, I, oh, this, 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 and I, and I know, I know, I know. We go through things. And, I, and I'm not making fun, but I'm saying we talk so much about that stuff that we don't talk about him. We don't talk about, Rick, I'm dealing with this right now, but guess what? I'm praising God anyway because he's going to deliver me. You don't hear a lot of that. You hear a lot about the problem, the struggle, but you don't hear a lot about, I still believe. I still believe in his wonder-working power. I know he's going to come through. I know that he's with me. I know that he's comforting me as I offer my sacrifice and praise even in the midst of my struggle. So before I even know the outcome of what I'm facing, I'm praising and I'm thanking him for what he, what he is, who he is, what he's going to do. I'm already praising him. I'm already praising him because I believe in him. I know he's right there with me. I know he's for me. He's not against me. And here's another thing. I don't have to praise. I get to praise. You can sit out there. You don't have to. You get to. I'm not trying to be a jerk. I'm just telling you. You don't have to praise. You can just sit there. 
Grumpy? You get to. You get to. And if you don't, I think the Bible talks about it. A rock will cry out in your place. A rock. Just a plain old little rock. Psalm 56.4. Still with me? Are you ready to praise? All right, it's coming. It's coming. Psalm 56.4. I praise God for what he has promised. I trust in God, so why should I be afraid? What can mere mortals do to me? I praise God for what he has promised. I trust in God, so why should I be afraid? No matter how difficult our circumstances become, we can exercise our free will and our faith to choose to praise God rather than ignore him. And also, praise is not driven by emotion. I know there's songs, and I know, oh, this, was, this is my song. I can really worship to this. It's not about that. I won't really get into that because that's another thing, okay? I know there's some emotion involved, but it's not about that. It's driven by your will to want to praise him. So wh- whether I sing this song or this song, I could just stand here right now and th- nobody be in this room and I could praise God. Whether Carlin played my favorite song or he didn't, it don't matter to me. I can praise God. It's why we, you know, driven by our will to want to, it's why we should never say, I'll just wait and praise God when I feel like it. When it hits me just right, I'll praise him. You praise him. You get to praise him. You get to worship. You get to honor him. You get to glorify him. You get to. And we're to praise God in all situations. We're to praise him when we are in need and when we have plenty. The next time you start to get discouraged, start praising God. The next time you start to get depressed, start praising God. The next time you don't understand why things are happening in your life like they're happening, start praising God. Start praising God. Because as you're magnifying him, as you're lifting him up, you're seeing him for who he truly is. And that encourages your spirit, that encourages you, that lifts you up. Oh yeah, man, I serve a great big God. And as I'm praising him, I'm thinking about him and I'm thinking about his goodness and I'm thinking about every time he came through for me, every time in my life. When relationships are falling apart, praise God. And you may say, that sounds funny. You're saying praise God in the midst of something terrible. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Because you're magnifying him and not your problem. Why do this? Why praise at all times? Because praise is about what God desires us to do. It's not about the power of our circumstances. When you get your eyes off your immediate problem and you put your focus on God, you redirect yourself toward what God will do for you, not what man has done to you. You get your focus on what God can do for you, not what man has done to you. And man can do some bad things to people. There's people in here that you have been wronged by people. You have been hurt by people. You have been crushed by people. But God can still help you through that. 
as we praise, faith and hope take root inside of our hearts and our minds. And then, and then as we do that, as we get this, this faith in God in our hearts, we get this hope in our hearts, joy and peace start to flow out of us. If you're lacking peace, if you're lacking joy, start praising the Lord. And if we praise God, I love, I love, I love this about when we praise, and I don't think we think about it enough. When we praise God, God will camp out with us and bring his presence. Psalm 22, 3, yet you are holy enthroned on the praises of Israel. God inhabits the praises of his people. What does that look like? Okay, God's presence hovering over the place. Aaron Landris stands up. Stand up, Aaron. That was your cue. <laughs> and God's presence is here, right? Everybody agree with that? Aaron stands up. He's enthroned in the praises of his people. Aaron starts worshiping. You don't need music. Go ahead. He's doing the window washing thing. <laughs> Aaron starts praising. Aaron's worshiping. God sees it. And just comes and camps out and brings his presence into Aaron's life, into his heart, in his mind. That happens for everyone in here individually. But it also happens for us corporately as a church. That his presence just comes and rests on this place. And whatever you're dealing with, whatever you're struggling with, if you'll push past that and start praising God in the midst of it, he inhabits those praises and comes right alongside of you and says, I'm here. I've got you. I'm going to help you. We're going to get through this. If you don't, time is it? That's what I love about God too, that he's a gentleman. So he's not, if you, you don't want to worship, you don't want to praise, he's not going to force himself on you. He's not. He's going to go inhabit the praises of his people. Why would we not want that in our lives? Why wouldn't I want to lift my hands and sing and shout or bow down on my knees and worship? Because in that moment, God is inhabiting my praises. You know, I've been in some places where when I started to worship, I just started weeping because God inhabits the praises and he changes your perspective on things. He changes your heart. He gets your mind where it needs to be. And I just love that, that he comes and camps out right next to me as I worship. Not as I go through the motions. It, for, for you, it may look like this. It may look like this. It may look like Aaron. It may look like this. I mean, I don't care if you come into this place and want to kneel down and just worship the Lord. That's fine. And if somebody in here says something to you, come tell me and I'll take care of it. Because if you want to bow down and worship and just have time with you and the Lord, it's all about him and you anyway. It shouldn't be about who's next to you. You're a distraction if you're picking on somebody else's worship. You're hindering things. Get your eyes on him, not on everybody else. I don't know where that came from, but we want him as we praise. He inhabits our praises. We want that. We want that in our church. We want that as individuals. 
Um, And just something else to think about. Wherever God dwells, God rules. Wherever God dwells, God rules. Where does he dwell? In the praises of his people. So he rules whatever situation you're bringing to him, whatever you're, you're doing in your praise and your worship, he rules in that moment. In that thing you're facing, he dwells there. He rules there. And praise invites him to take up residence in us and over us and over everything that life throws at us. Psalm 27, 8. My heart has heard you say, come and talk with me. And my heart responds, Lord, I am coming. I'm coming to talk to you. I'm coming to talk to you. I'm I'm coming to to share my heart. I'm, I'm, I'm coming to open my heart to you. I'm coming with worship and praise. Another thing that that praise does is we put God into perspective of where he belongs in our life. And as we worship him, um, we not only see clearly who God is, but we also start to see who we are. And sometimes that's needed. We start to see uh, the sin in our life, our shortcomings, our failings. We start to, those things come to light. That's why some people that don't know the Lord get uncomfortable when his presence starts showing up in the place. Because he brings things out and reveals things to you and lets you know, hey, I need those things. Those sins, you, you need to be forgiven. You need to let me take that off of you. Those things that you're dabbling in, those things that are pulling you down, you need to give those up to me. And as we praise and as we worship, he lets us see these things. And we have a choice. We can lay those things down. Or we can say, man, I got to get out of here. I, I got I to push off. I got to ignore what God's trying to do in me because I can't do it. But all you got to do is surrender. If you're struggling on the inside God's, and God's showing you this is, this is not lining up with my word, this is not lining up with how your life should be, just surrender it. Give it to him. I promise you the presence of the Lord on your life is so much better than the presence of those things that are dragging you down. And you will get a peace that passes all understanding. I have to see God as the one true God who will move heaven and earth on my behalf. My praise as I do that, if I see him, God, you will do whatever it takes to show up in my life. You will do whatever it takes to get to me, to get to my heart. God, and, and, and as you do that, and I recognize that, I want to be enthusiastic in my praise towards you. And you guys have heard my stories with depression, anxiety, and, and suicidal thoughts. May, I can just sit here. Yes! Because I know where I was. And I know he brought me out of that. So I can enthusiastically shout, Jesus, I've seen you move. (sighs) Enthusiastically, worship and heartfelt. And our praise isn't so much about uh, doing something for him, but we worship him to affirm his lordship over our lives. You don't need this, but I just want you to know I know you're the king of kings and lord of lords, and I'm going to put you in your right place. (laughs) 
Worship, as I close out, comes from the word worth-ship, which means expressing to God his worth to us. Even in the difficult times of life, we give thanks through our praise and our worship. Think back to Acts 16, Paul and Silas put in prison, shackled, way down in the dungeon, way down there where nobody's thinking about them. What did they do? They prayed and they praised. And all of a sudden, earthquake, shaking, shackles fall off, doors swing open because they prayed and they worshiped and praised. About midnight, Paul and Silas, verse 25 of Acts 16, were praying and singing hymns to God and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. Do you need a breakthrough this morning? Do you need a prison door opened? Do you need chains to come off you this morning? When we understand what can be accomplished in the spirit realm as we offer up our praises and our worship, you'll want to activate the power of praise in your life. You'll want to. You'll want to activate that thanksgiving in your life. And a lot of times we do really well in the prayer department and asking and seeking God and praying and praying and praying, but we forget about the praise. And, and is Annie Shrum here today? Annie Shrum. A while back, Annie Shrum was just praising the Lord. I'm going to show you what happens when you praise or what can happen. I talked about you praise anyway in the midst of what you're going through. She was praising the Lord, and if I get this wrong, you tell me, but it's pretty simple. She was over there praising the Lord, just doing her thing, worshiping. She'd been dealing with some knee pain. You know what happened all of a sudden as she worshiped and she praised and she just put God where he was supposed to be in her life? Boom! Knee pain gone. How much do you value who God is? And we're talking about giving our praise and our worship as a thanks to God because he's good. So if you'll stand this morning, how much do you value what God has done for you? How much, how much worth do you place on your And I guarantee you, I'm, I'm giving a guarantee right here. If you will praise more, you will worry less. If you, will, if you will praise and worship from a heart that puts God where he needs to be in your life, you will worry a lot less about things. I promise you. Because you're, you're worshiping the King of kings and Lord of lords and you're recognizing that it's in your hands. It's in your hands, God. So I'm gonna praise you anyway. I'm gonna worship you anyway. And again, if you're saved, you should praise him every single day of your life. Every single day. So I want to praise them this morning. Get your hearts and minds right where they need to be right now. Be prepared to praise and let's see what God wants to do. Amen? Amen. At any time, and I'll say this from beginning to end of a service, if you feel the Holy Spirit pulling on your heart to get to this altar, then get here. If we're in the middle of song one and you say, I got to go, get here. We're about seeing God change people's lives. We're about seeing people saved. So if, you, if you're in here this morning, whatever you need from God, if you need prayer right in that moment, go. Grab somebody by the hand. If you don't know somebody next to you, grab them anyway. But I want us to lock in on praise and worship and let's let God be God. Let's lift up his name and see what he wants to do in this place.
Amen.
I tell you what an amazing year this has been for Dan and I. April 4th, we came to church and worshiped with you. You guys are amazing. You touched our heart and have changed our lives. Since then, I rededicated myself to the Lord right here. Such amazing things happened right here at this altar. If you've not came down, you better come on down. <laughs> and then, Dan and I, we decided to join the church. You welcomed us in, and we became part of the members here. I have a church now, and I'm so proud to say that when I talk to people, I have a church, I have a family. Then, we decided to get baptized. That was huge. We didn't get married in a church got married in a courthouse, but with union with God, we had our sins washed away in a fresh beginning. It doesn't get much better than that. We love the Lord. He's wonderful. He's awesome. He does miracles. In this song, The Miracle Maker, I'd like to share with you the miracle he provided for my family. August 27th. Dan couldn't walk. He was confused. Something was wrong. I made that phone call that no one wants to have to make, 911. They came immediately, got him to the hospital. Immediately, they wanted to do a CAT scan of his brain. They did. Dan could talk to me this whole time. I want you to know that. But he's not going to remember what I'm telling you. He asked me to come with him when he had the CAT scan. I'm standing behind the control panel, so I'm not being exposed to radiation. And there it is, a big white bleed. It shows up white when there's a fresh bleed. Okay. ER doctor says we got to get him out of here fast. Okay, God's working. He's got the helicopter coming. Friends are calling. They go to the high school to pick up my son. This is the second week in high school, a freshman, 14 years of age. He's come to see his dad. This could be the last time. I don't know. So Hunter and I are standing out there as they load Dan up in the helicopter to fly him away. And Hunter looks at me. Dan was in Vietnam, and he said he would never get on a plane again. He looks at me, he said, Mom... Dad's going to be mad when he finds this out. <laughs> oh, nothing takes your breath away when you see someone fly away in a helicopter. To this day, if I'm near one coming in or going out, it just takes my breath away. And I know somebody is in need of prayers. Their life is changing. We don't know how it's changing, but they need our prayers. Next step, I have no time to think. I go home and grab what I have to grab. Picked up my Bible, grabbed what cash I had. I had, car, I had clothes in the car. I always had some ready at work in case they need me to stay over. Filled up my tank. Biggest fear driving to St. Louis. Miracle number two here. <laughs> Picked up my mother-in-law, and away we went. I can't tell you how peace I felt driving over there, because this is not for me, but he was there with me. I only made one wrong turn, and I made it to Barnes. When I entered the door, my sister, who lives in St. Louis, met us there. She walked us back to ER, where Dan was still there. 
They'd already done some more tests on him. They knew more information, more. The surgeon comes in and he tells me he has an AVM and there's a second aneurysm in his brain. I'm thinking, what's an AVM? It's when you have like a bunch of vessels and arterials, they're just all interwined. And right next to there was another vessel ready to rupture. There's a plan. He tells me it could take two or three months before they can do surgery on him. Meanwhile, they take him to surgery. They put in a shut in his head to drain and relieve the pressure in his brain. They will get a hold of me and bring me up there so I can see him in ICU. I get up there once again. He doesn't remember any of this. It was a long, long journey with God. I was never alone. He went through that twice with that shunt in his head. They do that until you can, your body can actually release that fluid and balance itself out. Okay, we've got that out of the way. Things are going pretty good. This night is so clear to me. I'm in ICU next to him. He's restless. They're trying to relax him, medicate him. And all once, his vitals go down. And I mean down. Next thing I know, the whole mer- this wonderful group that works in ICU are coming in there. And I'm kind of getting pushed out. But I walk out. And I'm standing on the outside of those glass doors. Looking in. It's like something you see in the movies. So real. There's my husband. Is he going to die? Am I going to be a widow? Am I going to raise Hunter all by myself? Only God knew. I didn't know. Pretty soon when the staff member sees me, ma'am, you need to come right out this way. They take me to the hallway. It's dark. It's nighttime. I'm all by myself. Not really. I sat down on that floor in the dark. And this overcoming presence of the Lord was there. And I knew at that moment, however this turned out, it was going to be okay. God had me in the palm of his hands, and I didn't need to worry no more. They came out shortly later. They had to put a pick line in. He was doing better. We went through many, many more x-rays, procedures. I won't go through all that with you, but you finally get to this point where they had to remove that tissue. Okay, we start out in August. It's the beginning of October. We finally can get the surgery done. They take him to surgery. It's an eight-hour surgery. I wait patiently. God is with me. Eight hours is up. They come get me. I go to the recovery room. There's Dan. His head is all wrapped up. I don't know if he's going to have difficulties from the surgery. Will he be able to walk? What will his functions be? Will he know who he is? I didn't know, but God did. He moved along quickly after that. We went to rehab, and he learned to re- learned how to walk again, just to do the daily functions we do on a daily basis that we take for granted. He had to learn those all over again. I had the opportunity to be next to him as he went through this and seeing him go over these difficulties that life had thrown him. Once again, God was with us. My favorite part, he 
once again, doesn't remember any of this. But one night, when the swelling had finally left his brain, he woke up in his bed in rehab. I'm not there. He doesn't know where he is, who's around him, and what's happened. He gets himself loose from the bed, and there's alarms and everything on that thing when you get out of there. And he makes the way to the hallway. And the nurses stop and say, what are you doing out of bed? He goes, you tell me, where am I? He told me when he was laying in that bed that he heard a voice in the back of his head and there wasn't a nurse in there telling him, it's not Wendy lying there, it's you, Dan. We had a wonderful recovery and I was so happy to bring him home and I didn't know how much he couldn't remember about home. Once we made it home, he said, Wendy, I kept telling you I wanted to go home. I couldn't remember what home was like, what it looked like. I just knew I had to get there. And I just want to tell you, I don't know what heaven looks like. I just want to know that when he calls my name, my name is in the book of life, I'm going to go. I want to be there. Thank you for letting me share, because this is my miracle. Amen, amen. Amen. God is good, and we saw that last week. We're seeing that with Wendy sharing, and, and they've got another song to do. But I want to open up the altars. I know some have already responded, but as we're worshiping, I can just feel God's presence so strong in this place. And I, I want to encourage you, if you're out there and you feel God tugging on you, respond. Respond, respond, respond. And if you need to grab somebody by the hand, just do that. They will go with you and just give it to God, whatever it is this morning. If you need the Lord in your life and you want to be saved, come up. As we sing this, this song together, lift your voice. Let's continue in this frame of, of praise and worship. And let's God, let God do what he wants to do in this place.
I speak to you. 